This is a GRDC podcast. Have you had your pulse checked lately? (laughs) No, I'm not talking about checking your heart rate. Recently I had the chance to visit a pulse check meeting at Dookie in northern Victoria with a bunch of growers and advisors and it was certainly an eye-opener for me. Pulse Check is at the heart of the Southern Pulse Agronomy Extension Project, which provides growers with the knowledge and resources to make informed decisions about what they can expect from growing pulses. Now, of course, growing pulses is nothing new for many growers, but in more marginal countries, such as around Dookie, where acidity is an issue, it's a whole new experience for those who choose to put their toes in the water. Now, we'll hear from some of those growers and advisors in a moment, but first to the other side of Victoria. I caught up with agronomist Jason Brand from Agriculture Victoria at Horsham, to get a quick overview of the Southern Pulse Agronomy Extension Project. Southern Pulse Agronomy, we focus in, I suppose, three major research areas, so around that disease management question. Mm. And there's, <laughs> there's ongoing disease issues, you know, not that long ago we had Ascochyta breakdown in chickpeas, yeah. and we continue to see evolution in terms of diseases, but we also see evolution in terms of new fungicide products coming out, evolution in terms of farming systems, so growers wanting to sow earlier, wanting to sow lower, later, one is sowing different row spacing, stubble retention systems. So there's a whole range of tweaks that go going in there. Then the herbicide tolerance or weed management area is huge because we've got all the herbicide tolerance traits coming through in terms of the pulse Is area. that one of your bigger it challenges? Ha- it has been one of the bigger challenges and one of the bigger focus areas for us in terms of the group B tolerance that yeah. we've had, the IMI tolerance in lentils and faber beans. Our program's been heavily involved in that, you know, the development of the packages around what we can and can't use and, and all those sort of issues. So, And it's an exciting area to be involved in, but we certainly look forward to the opportunities there because there's a whole heap of new opportunities coming in that area probably over the next 10 years or so. So there's certainly some opportunities there. And then obviously the ongoing questions around, you know, just the general canopy management of the crop. So, And when I talk about canopy management, I talk about, you know, when do we sow the crop? And particularly in some of these newer zones, how early can we actually put it can we go and so ridiculous that just have a crop sitting in the ground and then let it come up on moisture so and then back to the old questions you know as new varieties come along can we reduce seeding rates do we need to increase seeding rates so all those sort of questions all interact with some of the other things and then underpinning all this is the grain quality question so we want to maximize grain quality to maximize profitability so they're probably the four major areas that the agronomy program continues to work in and we look forward to opportunities in those areas and then that's overcoming constraints and providing solutions to growers so the biggest ones going forward are like you know some of your sandy soils so yeah. it's really tough growing pulses across some of those sandy soils in the mallee and then some of our waterlogged acid soils down south there's some really big questions that we need to address in those regions so within the main production zones you've got those four key areas that we focus on and then outside of that you've got some real constraints that yeah, we've got to really yeah. deal with. Yeah, I suppose that, that must be a, a, you know, a really exciting part of the work, seeing how just where you can grow pulses. Oh yeah, look, it, it's been astounding and, and it's quite fun to sit down with uh, 
um, growers, particularly you know in some of those real marginal zones that are now growing pulses, and and we sit down and reflect, and and sometimes we don't always do this well as as uh, humans, is sit back and reflect about where we've come from. Yeah, yeah. And you know you think back, and a lot of growers will reflect is that if we hadn't changed our farming systems in the 80s, we wouldn't be where we were in the 90s, yeah. and we certainly wouldn't be growing pulses like we are now. Yeah. It's because we've changed farming systems. It's because we've changed varieties and had the courage to do so and continue to change and modify things that we have these opportunities and I think looking back I remember even when I started in 2000 in some places you're almost laughed off in you know some of these marginal zones which are now growing lentils when you actually said oh maybe one day we'll be able to grow lentils here (laughs) Um, and they just sort of laughed you off and Mm. now they're actually growing profitable lentil crops in some of those areas so you know I'm I'm probably one of these eternal optimists I think think, um, we can continue to push the boundaries um, and it's an exciting field to work in. Yeah the eternal optimist Jason Brand from Agriculture Victoria so I went along to the Dookie Pulse Check meeting where there were were about I suppose a dozen or more participants some of whom were growing pulses successfully and some who still had questions that they needed answering which I thought was a great example of how farmers like to learn from other farmers now the farm where the pulse check meeting was held was clearly up there when it comes to well presented farming operations it's owned by this man I'm Tony Luderman from Dookie we're about 2200 hectares of dry land cropping we grow wheat, canola, beans, some chicks, and now some vetch. And you throw some sheep into the mix? We punt on a few lambs over summertime on the bean stubbles. So how long have you been growing pulses, Tony? Pulses in our program probably about four years now. We started off having a go at a few, at a few favour beans and now trying a few chicks and a bit of vetch. But you're on acidic soil here? Yeah, it is acidic. We have got some higher pH soils, but generally it's fairly acidic. Do you pick and choose where you're going to grow them? Do, and mainly for the chicks, we look for some you know, drier or higher type ground because they just don't like that wet feet. What made you go into pulses four years ago? What sort of set your mind that way? We just seem to be throwing a lot of urea out, and we just thought that the pulses just a natural nitrogen, more of a slower release. We got it there for, for a few years and also keeping stubble seems to work very well and we can, can keep a lot of stubble. Seems to be working well. And you've got a beautiful place here. Was weed control an issue for you as well? Yeah, we keep a pretty close eye on weed control and, and that's the advantage. We can grow two break crops in a row and get you know, do a really good job on ryegrass and wild oats. Now, you talked about nitrogen and the following crops. Now, are you seeing the benefit even just after four years? Oh, definitely. In the benefits of nitrogen and moisture retention, like after the beans, but in particular nitrogen, yeah, we'd be dropping probably 100 kilos to the hectare of urea out of the program just in that first year. In the first year? Yeah. And so what about the following crops? Are they getting any benefit? I believe so. Nowhere near as much. Sort of depends a little bit on the seasons that we're having, how much rainfall we get and how much mineralisation, but we definitely are getting that third crop a benefit there. You mentioned to me that obviously you've got to keep an eye on prices and that obviously comes into it, you've got to pay their way, I think you said, but do you factor that nitrogen input the, into the soil into the equation? Definitely do. They've got to pay their way and that nitrogen for the next couple of years definitely 
gets budgeted in. So what are your plans in terms of pulses? I did neglect to ask you just what percentage of your program is pulses? Yeah, it's probably percentage-wise 20 to 25%. Yeah, like this year will be a mix of beans, chicks and some vetch. And on this acidic soil, is it trickier to grow pulses than just putting in a wheat crop? It can be a lot more expensive, especially with fungicides. That depends on the year, of course. Yeah, like there's nothing easier than growing a crop of wheat, but we can't just do that year in, year out. So just finding something that can go in that mix. Tony Ludeman from Dookie. So after the meeting, in between coffee and a few sangers, I caught up with some of the participants for a very brief chat. We've grown beans before, we've grown chickpeas too, and we sort of want to continue that in the future. Yeah, Yeah, so what are you getting out of these workshops? New technologies we can use and how to do it better and more profitable, I suppose, and make it work in our situation. Bruce, before you put that sandwich in your mouth, you were warning about pre-emergence, so you had some pretty good information here for the people. Yeah, it's just experience. I've seen some damage if they get it wrong and try and get everything right because we only get one chance with pre-emergent broadleaf we're controlling pulses so if you, you get it wrong either crop damage wise or, or just not getting the result you want yeah it's a pretty expensive mistake from your travels around do you see that often with people getting it wrong yeah it's a season by season thing as i mentioned last year in dry years you don't get the result you want because you don't get the rainfall to activate then in wet starts you can get more crop damage so you just try and get the best balance you can between the two to get the, the right results you're looking for so, Tom, you, you yourself haven't grown pulses before. What are your plans? Are you planning to go into pulses? We might grow a few narrow-leaf lupins this year for some stock feed for the sheep and then possibly into the future. Faber beans seem to suit the area pretty well, so that might be an option. So why haven't you grown pulses before as break crops? We have some heavier country, so they just don't like getting wet. Also the acid, acid soils as well, and finding a market can be difficult at times. What about your nitrogen uh, levels in your soil? Is, is that a consideration as well? For Yeah, it is. And like we grew lentils in 16 to 17. We saw a wheat crop coming out of a lentil crop in 2018 that yielded 500 kilos plus from wheat on wheat or wheat on canola. Mm. That's a good result. Yes. I think moisture and nitrogen as well. Oh, a couple of like our guys grow a bit of lupins and faber beans. Yeah, you're from Agpro Consulting, yeah. so you're an agro, are you? Yeah, yeah. So we're from basically Seymour up to Yarrawonga. Yeah, we're in a in a country that with fairly acid soils. Are they having problems growing pulses? Oh, some of our guys are, but they're they're working around it by picking their paddocks that they've limed well, and they know that they don't have as acidity issues as bad. And they're getting good results in terms of break crop benefits. Yeah, yep, tidying their paddocks up and following it usually by canola or wheat. Wheat seems to be our biggest one. So it seems to me from listening here today that pulses can be tricky to grow, but they're obviously seeing the benefits out the other side. Yeah, yeah, having a bit of nitrogen fix and a little bit of moisture left, even when the market's good, sitting on them waiting, getting a good cash crop out of it. So there you go. Whether you currently grow pulses or are thinking about it, there are 12 pulse check groups in the Southern Pulse Extension Project that can help you with information and peer-to-peer support. (laughs) 